Good morning, afternoon, or night, and welcome to the Dead Poet Society podcast. This chapter will be centered around addiction, a topic many shy away from. Please sit back, close your eyes if you dare, and allow me to capture this moment. On addiction, I am an addict. I thought that because it wasn't an addiction to drugs or crime that I was okay. I'm not okay. I'm an addict and I admit that. The expected question from what I just said would look like this. Well, what are you addicted to that's equivalent to narcotics? I'm not embarrassed. I will not withdraw. I am addicted to what I would like to call the escape. Everyone has their small escapes from reality, their own little reprieve. I too have one, but I indulge in it so much that it seems like my reality. Let me explain. Firstly, thank you for listening. It's usually all a person needs to get back on their feet. On addiction is the first of many topics that will be a part of the Lights On series, which is a series where I shed light on ideas people keep in the dark. I intend to make this as personal as possible to invoke revolution within myself and those willing to listen. At this time, I'm ready to be openly honest. I am addicted to the escape. I enjoy myself, but I do not love who I am at this current moment, nor do I hate it. I am indifferent. There are weeks where I live within the cesspool until the day comes to make a 180. I'm sure some people have felt this feeling before. This feeling is consistently inconsistent. This is due to the aforementioned escape. I escape through competitive gaming and pornography. Yes, yes, the average ailment of the introverted young adult male. This addiction to escape has afflicted a strong portion of my generation and it is a truly sickening disease. I would like to further elaborate on this disease as I have coined it as a new term of sorts. It always starts as an activity we know nothing about, but are then introduced to it as a means of relief. Had a tough day at school? Go home, play video games with the boys. Not sure how to get a girlfriend, let alone talk to a girl? Just watch porn instead. They like you and we'll show you the goods. These are just some of the excuses of addiction. The side effects of the escape may include, but are not limited to, hallucination, introspective behavior, seclusion, deep sense of of longing, insatiable sadness, little energy, decomposed self-image, loathing, discontent for women, defensive behavior towards outer going men, and an extreme case of being lame. The escape is a near flawless system that combines pleasure with delayed gratification. You wake up morning what is present. To tend to yourself, 
and recall the events of yesterday. The blinds are closed, the room is slightly chilled, and the ever-present longing for female touch pushes you over the edge. Your phone is in hand and you immediately open your go-to site in an incognito tab. Now you may wonder, if this is such an addiction, then why not use a regular browser for easy access? Shame. Once the deed is done, those tabs are closed as fast as they were opened, and you want to forget about the fact that you just did it again. To forget, you get on your favorite competitive game and queue up for ranked to attempt to reach the upper echelons like the streamers you adore. Whether you win or lose, the longing will return and you will indulge. The process is repeated until you're sick or not. The escape does not care. For me, I get sick of it quite often. And while in search of a savior for my self-degradation, I find nothing. I find myself incapable of salvation, and this realization drives me to achieve hollow victories in a game that I hate, but have invested too much time and money to abandon. Halfway through the loading screens, I get that damned longing feeling once again, and you can guess how the cycle continued. A pitiful existence, I know. This didn't just affect me mentally but also physically and emotionally. I was strong enough to pretend to be able to complete the tasks at work, but in reality, I struggled every time. I became emotionally unavailable and sought out only sexual pleasures. The dirty little secret behind my attempts with multiple women was the fact that I was still a virgin. An inexperienced, knowledgeable virgin. A deadly combo. Truthfully, this is a person that has absolutely no idea what they are doing, but knows exactly what they need to do. I'm not prideful about it, but all the porn pays in that very marginalized apartment. My days consisted of heartless flirting, soulless gaming, and copious amounts of mind-numbing porn. My parents, long ago, advised me on the dangers of this addiction. I learned the hard way. Here are my lessons learned. I learned that I am not the sum of my addictions and they did not reflect the person that I truly am. The games that I played, the videos that I watched, the people that I spoke to, they were not really anything that I adored nor anything that I really got any substance from. They were just what was comfortable. And when you are in a place of defeat, a place of longing, a place where you are lost, you will find comfort in quite literally anything that comes your way. And that is also a very dangerous combo. It's like getting a Popeye's two-piece meal with the biscuit but then you don't get a drink you're like about to die it's not <laughs> it's not a good sight at all <clears throat> whilst 
drowning in my self-indulgence, I created an image of the man I dream to become. Everyone should have this image, whether man or woman, child or adult. Back then, that's all it was, a dream. My attempts at creating that dream has brought me here to you today. Unafraid, unfiltered, and unbothered. That's what he would be. So it's what I will be. He is the superhuman version of myself that I created. This is not me being egotistical, nor is it you possibly becoming a narcissist by listening to me. Each and every person on this earth has a super version of themselves because being human is super. The version that can do everything you can't do. I will be confident on this statement because these are the people we would have become if addiction did not set in. It is not that we can become superhuman. It is a realization that humans are super. Now, let me talk about the superhuman thing because whenever I bring up superhumanity or just going above your limitations, I get a lot of weird looks. Like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? Am I going to get superpowers? Am I going to shoot laser beams out of my eyes? Am I going to gain the ability of flight? No, 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 no. We're not talking about any of that superficial stuff. We're talking about becoming the person that you, yourself, knows that you want to become. No one else knows who this person is other than you. You've met them. You've spoken to them. You've actually sat down and did the things that you're addicted to with them. And they look at you with those disappointed eyes and that hollow facial expression and you ask them what what is the issue what's the problem man like i did i did a whole bunch of productive stuff already like can't can't i can't can't i just take a break no you can't take a break you can only take a break once that person goes away and that person goes away when you become that person that's when you get to take breaks. And by then, your addictions are not going to be a part of your breaks anyway. Now, the process of becoming super is very strenuous. And honestly, it takes a lot of work. A lot of work. It takes a lot of thinking. It takes a lot of sacrifice. I'm not going to sugarcoat this for anyone. Becoming super is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. But that being said, that makes everything else easier. When you become super, you follow your passion. You follow your dreams. You actually put the things that you dreamed about as a kid into play and maybe those things that you dreamed about as a kid you don't even want to do those things anymore but maybe just hearing the fact that you had those dreams as a kid will 
bring you back to the realization that you had dreams. A lot of adults, especially people that are from the ages 21 to 25, have no idea what they're doing. They're halfway through college or finished with college. They have degrees or don't have degrees. They're in the military, not in the military, in a trade, maybe just working part-time here and there, uh, multiple full-time jobs, trying to be a CNA, going to medical school, something. But then majority of it, they're just doing it because it's what they were told to do. My generation and the next one after and the next has been told that our future is inattainable, that housing is too expensive, living is too expensive, cars are too expensive, everything that we want to do is too expensive. Getting a job, you need prerequisite requirements, you need experience. Where do I get experience if I don't have any experience? Oh, the borderline baseline job requires you to have experience. Like, come on, how am I supposed to be the superhuman if everyone's telling me that I can't do it? And people succumb to this. This is something that people fall into. This is a pitfall of life that my generation suffers through. And as a young adult, it's I suffer from indecision. I don't know what I can do, what I can't do. What if what I choose is the wrong thing? What if because I chose the wrong thing, now I'm fucked? And now I can't go back and now I have to spend all this money to try and backtrack and fix myself. Well, what if in my attempt of fixing myself, then boom, I've messed it up even more. And then now I'm doing something that I don't even want to do because the first option that I wanted to do didn't work out. So now I don't even have a third option because all my options don't even work. Now you're overwhelmed. Now you are feeling abandoned. You are searching for answers and no one has them. And everyone is telling you to work harder. You work hard, you work hard, you work hard, you burn out. You are laid out on your bed Tuesday morning. It is 05 in the morning. 5 o'clock a.m., regardless of your time zone. And you are just in thought. Everything is hard. Life is hard. People around me is hard. Interacting is hard. Social activities is hard. There's drama. There's other people's lives. My Instagram feed. My Snapchat story. My daily YouTube content that I don't really consume, but I consume it anyway just to pass the time. These become your de-stressors. These become your addictions. These become your solutions because they make you feel better. There was a long time ago where whenever I would be bored or I would feel inadequate about myself, I would go on my Instagram, go on my little search tab, uh, the discovery page, and I follow a lot of philosophical content now. 
a lot of um, <clears throat> uh, fitness influencers, a lot of art. So I consume all these things because they are all a part of the life that the super version of me wants to live. So then instead of those activities becoming the habits that I need to become that super person, the addiction of looking at them and following the lifestyles of other people loosely becomes the addiction. So now I am addicted to my Instagram discovery page. I will open it at any point in time, even if I don't even have an internet connection. I will open my Instagram discovery page and then realize, oh, it isn't loading. There was a point in time where I didn't have any connection and I opened my Instagram because it was a habit at this point. I was addicted to it. And I literally looked at every loaded image on my discovery page that was preloaded somehow. And I just looked at it. I looked at all of them and I read all of them to their entirety. And why did the thought not cross my mind of what are you doing? And why did no one tell me? Why did my friends just watch and let me do that? Now it gets into the intricacies of friendship where there are plenty of people that are incapable of letting go but then there are also people that are too eager to let go the addiction of friends friends help and hurt you in the sense where you have to pick friends that are up to your standard now if your standard is at the top of the barrel and I say barrel in the sense where there's a bottom of the barrel and the top of the barrel, but the barrel is not the biggest thing in the universe. The barrel is just a piece of wood on some dock. Then you're going to get a bunch of pirates. <laughs> to say the least, you're going to get people that live up to your standard. Now, depending on your standard where of what you want a friend to be, is the type of friends that you will allow yourself to be around. Not everybody is your friend. Not everyone is obligated to be your friend. If you are nice to somebody and you guys have a cordial um, interaction in public or maybe in the workplace, let's say you have a coworker and you guys are cool. You guys talk often enough you guys cooperate together, you have similar interests. This is great, wow, I just made a new friend. Did you? Truly ask yourself, did you make a new friend? Or is this just a nice coworker, a coworker that I get along with, someone that I can cooperate with, someone that can potentially become my friend? But at that point in time, it is just a work relationship. It's good to be on good terms with the people that you work with. Don't get me wrong. But I preach that not everybody is your friend. Because my standards for friendship are very high. I need people 
that are willing to support me in my adventures. I say adventures because they're not just tasks. They're not just random things. They are world-changing ideas. They are things that I want to do that will impact a mass amount of people. I want to build a website. I want to make a YouTube channel. I want to start a company. I want to understand the concepts behind entrepreneurship. I want to understand how to become a better writer, how to become a better poet. I want someone that will give me honest to God feedback on all of my content that I supply to them. And now you're thinking, well, what do you want? Like a secretary or something? No, I don't want a secretary. But if you were someone that was in these fields or doing things of this caliber, wouldn't you want to be surrounded by people that would happily support you? And wouldn't you want to do the same thing for them? If they ask you, hey, I started this new project and it's very extensive and I honestly just want some honest feedback because I'm in this by myself and I don't know what's going on and I don't know what to do, I'm brand new to this. I would want a friend that says, yeah, man, like send it to me, let me see what's up. Um, I may not know exactly what it is, but I can definitely give you some feedback and help you do some research and maybe help you out in my in my spare time. Maybe I can actually help you get some connects with some people that are more knowledgeable. And then not only are you gaining knowledge, but your friend is also gaining knowledge. Not only are you helping your friend, but your friend is also helping you. It is valuable to know a little about everything. More so than a lot about one thing. Now, if you know a lot about one thing, you're a subject matter expert, and that is phenomenal, that is great, that is awesome. But when that one thing is not present or it's not applicable, you're lost. And what is there to do afterwards? So that is my opinion on friendship. If I have a good interaction with somebody, I get your name, awesome. We're cool, we're cordial, we're acquaintances, right? People are scared to say that you're my acquaintance. Like, I just know you. Like, why is that an insult, you know? If I met someone yesterday and I had a good interaction with them and we went our separate ways, that's not my friend. That's just some guy, some woman that I met that was pretty chill. Now I may want to pursue friendship, but then that is an in-depth relationship with somebody. And I just said the big scary R word. Relationships are something that my generation is very scared of. I am a 23 year old young adult male, right? And when you bring up relationship, when it comes to males and females, it's like a light switch goes on in their head and all warning signs just go boom. Relationships are such a scary concept for us because we just have been 
surrounded by information that tells us otherwise that relationships don't work that the divorce rate is high for married people um that you know like everyone is depressed everyone has anxiety no one is quote-unquote normal now normality is subject to the beholder something that is normal for me could be like bro you're really weird to someone else but that's okay because to me what i'm doing is normal and that's fine but to other people i'll be a weirdo which is also okay it is okay to be different but back on topic you have to choose friends that uplift you if your friends are not supporting you or are not they themselves looking for big name projects so that they can get their name on the map and that they can make something of their lives and become super then maybe you have the wrong friends or maybe you just want to live in that very comfortable lifestyle it's okay if you don't want to be super like that's fine i'm not telling you that you have to be i'm not forcing you to do anything now what i'm saying is why would you not want to be if you have the ability to do great things and everybody else around you is comfortable in their comfortability let them let them be there leave go off do as you want to do now remember doing as you want to do means that you have to start over you have to redefine yourself as a human being you have to find purpose you have to stabilize yourself as this new person you have to live this new life you are literally reborn again and this is the second birth of humanity where you exceed the expectation of the average human and you go above and beyond now this beyond might be a couple steps just above above you know what i mean so it's scary but once you start doing it it becomes less and less and less trust me just me being here right now and speaking and giving out this information building up the courage to do this took me a while i should have done this two weeks ago now that being said i also suffer from procrastination now these are not diseases these are not mental afflictions they're just things that i do i just don't feel comfortable with certain things and i get nervous and the solution to my nervousness is to put it off for as long as possible until i get the courage to do it and a lot of people are like this and a lot of people are just like well i'm a procrastinator i can't change that yes you really can or i'm bad at studying i i just can't study for things yes yes you really can there are different ways to do a lot of different things there is not just one way to live life if you go to school and you're taught you have to read a book like this and then you learn to hate reading because you have to read that book like that then you just have to find a different way to read books because reading is fundamental for the superhuman 
thinking is also fundamental for the superhuman. You have to ask yourself questions. I talk to myself very frequently and you might start to think like, okay, this guy is a little crazy. He's been talking a lot of stuff and I've come to the conclusion that he might be a little crazy. Look, talk to yourself. Ask yourself, what am I going to be doing today? What am I eating today? What am I drinking today? What are my activities today? What does today look like? What does tomorrow look like? And I promise you, the more you start asking yourself these questions and having conversations with yourself is the more you start talking to that superhuman version of you because they are going to be the ones answering the question. Because the person that is not going to be answering the questions is the current you. Because that current you is ready to just, you know, be comfortable, which is absolutely fine. By the way, if you want to be comfortable and be the current you, that's completely fine. I'm not telling you to change your life or anything like that and pursue superhumanity. That would be absurd. Trust me. <laughs> but the superhuman is going to be speaking at all times. It is the little voice in your head. It is the guy or the girl or the dude smoking the cigar in the chair or the girl behind the counter at your favorite food service spot telling you, hey, maybe we should work out today. Hey, maybe we should work on that project today. Hey, maybe we should, you know, finally do that thing that we wanted to do for a while. Hey, maybe we should go take a walk. It's been a pretty stressful day. These are all activities that we actually enjoy, but we're told that they're not enjoyable. Why would you go outside to go take a walk? It's hot outside. Oh, it's gonna be raining soon. Oh, it, there's bugs outside. It's, it's muggy, it's, it's cold, it's chilly outside. Why would you wanna go take a walk? But when you go and take that walk, you are so refreshed. You feel the reprieve of just getting away. This is the new escape. This is living. This is the reality. Now you're in the reality and you realize, wow, all those things I were thinking that wasn't really true. And for all my people that listen and that are afflicted with overthinking trust me i am there with you 100 percent of the way overthinking is probably the single most productive and unproductive thing that is a part of my life and it's not like i can just stop overthinking but what i can do is i can understand that i'm overthinking and then choose to not let it swallow me and I've been doing this thing, right? And for those of you that know me, I wear an upside down Jordan headband. And I get a lot of questions that say, hey, your headband is upside down. Now, I point this out, I'm like, oh, why thank you, and while I have your attention, I introduce myself. Now, we are in a full-blown conversation because you noticed my headband was upside down 
And then you ask me, well, why do you wear it upside down then? Well, because you need to dig deep before you can reach to the stars. This typically leaves the receiver speechless. My overthoughts plague me every day with every single decision. And many fans of astrology will say, well, that's okay because you're a Libra and Libras are indecisive because they want balance and they want to make sure that everything is okay with everything. And they want to win on both sides. Well, yes, I do want to win on both sides, but my astrology has very little to do with it. It's just the fact that I don't end up making any decisions because I overthink them. And I overthink them so much so to the point where I've run through so many different scenarios of the same decision with multiple different outcomes that I believe that the most optimal outcome or the most reasonable outcome is the one that will happen in reality when actually in reality none of them happen isn't that mind-blowing nothing not a singular thought that went through my process of overthinking was what actually happened in reality if i want to go talk to a female to a girl and I'm thinking about the scenario about the scenario how am I going to approach this woman how am I going to talk to her what am I gonna say how am I gonna posture myself how am I gonna breathe how am I going to look how am I going to position my clothing how what am I gonna show off first what am I gonna say all these questions right so then I make up the scenario in my head and I play it boom I watch it awesome done that one 50% I do another one something more believable okay 40% I assess myself my okay what is wrong with me oh my hair is kind of poofy on the side or the back is kind of unkept I should get a haircut so now these things are impacting my my judgment so now I have a lesser view of myself slightly so now I go into this mental conversation with less confidence. It's a lower percentage. And then I come back full circle and I say, you know what, it's okay. I mean, I can always just explain that later on if that's even a problem. So I'll just pretend like it's not even a problem. So then I go in with overconfidence in the mental situation. And then boom, 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 I get higher percentages. And now I have a full range of data in my head. Meanwhile, this person has not only come looked at me acknowledged my presence i may have waved at them said hi whatever else they do their business and they leave my opportunity is already gone and i'm still analyzing data this is where overthinking afflicts you and makes you indecisive what I personally have been doing and what I have been encouraging my fellow overthinkers to do is to quite literally just do it the first the first thought that pops into your head do that one even if you assess and analyze data of the other ones do the first one anyway 
and do it quickly. The moment the decision pops up in your head, choose one. Just choose it. Choose it. It doesn't matter. Whatever happens, happens. And you can explain yourself later. But it's just getting into the habit of just doing. Think less, do more. Think after, fix later. That is the formula that I've been working with. And that has honestly netted me dividends in a boost of confidence and personality. This not only allows me to connect with more people, but to actually get out of my comfort box, step out of the hole that I'm in with these old habits and addictions and move forward and become the person that I want to become. Speak like the super person that I am. I am not him yet, but I will be. So therefore, I must live like him. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been On Addiction. My name is Joel, and it has been my pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you.